Well, you know, I've uh, been observing you here now for the last four weeks, and I don't see any evidence of mental illness at all. And I think that you've been trying to put us on all this time. You know, what do you want me to do? I'm like, you know. You know what I mean? Is that it? Is that crazy enough for you? Want me to take a shit on the floor? <laughs> Christ. Have you ever heard the old saying, a rolling stone gathers no moss? Yeah. Does that mean something to you? Uh... It's the same as don't wash your dirty underwear in public. I'm not sure I understand what you mean. I'm smarter than him, ain't I? <laughs> well, that sort of has always meant is uh, it's hard for something to grow on something that's moving. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Retro Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to steal a bus and then a boat and then teach a bunch of you guys to fish just so we can get some. Alex Perkins, Perk, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm well, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, on many occasions, of course, it's mm-hmm. a common pastime. Sure. I mean, it, sound, it seems a little convoluted. You know, I feel like you could just ask a girl out on a date. But... No, no, you need all the steps. It adds to the, <laughs> it adds to the theatrical flair. Of course, of course. It really, it really gets them. Uh, welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, this is the podcast where every week Perk and I review a movie that was connected to the last one we watched. Uh, apologies for missing last week. Scheduling, per usual. But, you know, we're back. And hopefully we'll be back for, for a bit here. But uh, last week we watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And we followed Christopher Lloyd to this week's movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Perk, why don't you draw for us? All right, yeah. Uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a 1975 joint directed by Milos Forman, starring Jack Nicholson uh, as a violent convict who is sent from a work camp prison to a mental ward uh, because they don't know what to do with him. Mm -hmm. And it kind of follows his trajectory uh, and his development through um, the, you know, living in this ward and making relationships with the other patients and the dynamic he has with the the uh, security and the nurses. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, a, a couple little fun facts. Uh, many of the extras were mental patients, uh, which oh, I, really? just kind of, I kind of assumed would have been the case because that's just the kind of fun fact you learn about these movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Will Sampson, who plays Chief, uh, was a park ranger in Oregon near where they were shooting, and he was selected <laughs> for the role because uh, he was the only Native uh, American that they could find who matched the size of the character. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's a big lad. That's, uh, yeah, that's what I got for you. All right. I'm just, I'm double checking right now. I'm pretty sure this is the oldest movie we've watched. Is it really? I think so. The only thing that I can think of might be older is First Blood. Oh, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that was in the 80s. I, I think. was thinking Casino, but I think that's also the 80s. Mm. It, it's funny. Like, when I, when I started this movie, I was like, 1975. I'm like, 
They make movies back then, huh? <laughs> like, I know like, movies have been around for a long time, Come but it's on. still, like, surprising. I'm like, man, they made movies in the 70s? Dang. Oh, Casino was in the 90s. What am I on? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to start, Perk? What did you think of this movie? I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Um, I thought it was interesting how we had suggested uh, maybe trying to see parallels and comparisons between this and Girl Interrupted. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both have merit in their own yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. I think they focus on different things, and, and I think Girl, Girl Interrupted is more of a hopeful <laughs> movie. This one, I think, is perhaps a little more hopeful. Pretty pretty dark um, in multiple ways, and just even with the ending, it's like, man, like you really just you don't feel great after finishing this movie, but like I, I think it's very good. Um, and it has really good performances and is very like subtle in certain ways, which I appreciated. Um, and I, I, after I finished, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I, I think it's a good movie. I just was hoping for like a, some sort of hopeful message at the end or some sort of feeling that things were going to get better. Um, and I did not have that, but I think that's kind of the point. Um, it's just kind of this story of this guy coming in and, the his him impacting other other patients in there and then him you know meeting his end but uh yeah i think it's it's really really well done and jack nicholson i mean come on (laughs) dude is insanely talented and super charismatic in this movie yeah he he really carries it for me i i think he's outstanding um i think he won best actor for this he did yeah um yep this movie picked up a lot of oscars uh including uh, Louise Fletcher as Nurse Ratched. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I buy that. Not, I Obviously, I haven't seen the other 1975 Best Actress nominees, <laughs> but uh, she, didn't, she didn't really stand out to me. I, I feel like mm-hmm. it's not that she was bad. It's just her character didn't really have all that much to do other than, like, play it straight, you know, and, and be the calm, cool, collected whatever voice of reason i guess or voice of was the she though because i have a totally different take on her i think oh, she's really? so malicious man and just very subtly twisting the knife and all these people um i think she's a lot more uh evil's a strong word but more you know evil than is sinister perhaps yeah sinister than than you might initially like think because i i think i i got a lot more out of this movie from I think from going to therapy recently and having a better understanding like here's the things in my opinion like a therapist would ask or the questions they would ask people right and try to help them and she has so many questions and and lines to these patients that are so inappropriate and so she's trying to rile them up and um, manipulate them and even from the jump like when they had their first um, group session and they're talking about uh, what's his name, the smart guy's wife, Harding, Harding, and his relationship with his wife. And she just kind of incites them to all start fighting, and it just doesn't stop it. She just lets it happen, and them all just like screaming at each other, which is not productive at all. And then the next meeting, she's like, "I thought we were gonna get somewhere like really productive last meeting." It's like, no, they weren't. They were yelling and screaming and insulting each other. Like that was not productive. At like, I think she is like. Yeah, she she's wants to be in control. I think she's kind of on a power trip, but it's played very calmly, and I think that's why it's not 
okay, okay. spot. You know? now, now that you reframe it like that, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I mean, there's she's clearly like a harbinger of chaos. Like she kind of, mm-hmm. you're right. She does a lot of things that do not make any sense and clearly is almost egging them on uh, in, in ways of like taking stuff away. And I mean, she like literally her words kill Billy. Yep. Like yeah. she, she murders Billy by threatening him. So yeah, and I mean, yeah, you see Nicholson's I, response to what she says, right? Like yep. he blames her for what happened, and like I don't think he's unreasonable in doing so. Like she <laughs> totally was trying to rile him up and make him feel small, and then that resulted in him killing himself. So like, yeah, I think she's um she's like the big bad of this movie. Um, but it's done in a way that's, that we don't normally see. So I think it's well, yeah, it's, and yeah. I mean it. It also. Sorry to interrupt. It it could it. be, um, she is portrayed in a way that is supposed to be comforting because she is a, mm-hmm. a you know she's a nurse or like a yeah. healer presence and she's a woman which you know you associate with like a motherly presence. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. Kind of turning the screw under under the table. Very yeah. interesting. Well, I, mean, I I hadn't even considered that really. I just thought she was just bad guy. Like, part of the system bad guy. Right, right. Well, I, like I said, I don't even know if I would have picked it up if I have not been going to therapy recently and realized, I'm like, this is so inappropriate for her to say these things or ask these questions. Um, but, like, I think I mean, one of the I great... I thought, maybe I also thought that that's kind of a sign of the times because this was, like, the 60s. Possibly, yeah. You know, I I don't know if... I think it takes place in 63. Yeah. I don't know if uh, they were still doing lobotomies back then. Well, but, so that's the... that's. So it's going to end the movie with Nicholson walking in dazed. I thought that he had just got electroshocked like to hell. Yeah. Um, but apparently I was reading a trivia or something and apparently he has lobotomy scars yeah, on yeah. his head, which I didn't notice. So Did I not guess, catch that. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like right on on his hairline. There's a bunch of stitches and it's like, oh, yeah, they, they cut out part of his frontal lobe. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't catch that. Um, I mean, either way, he's, you know done yeah um cooked. but yeah but uh going back to nurse ratchet that like one example i think is um if you remember when the guy with the beard i'm also blanking on his name who's pretty scanlon scan thank you um scanlon asks her like why do the doors to the rooms lock during the day you know and she's like well like interacting with other people can help you kind of heal right like that interacting with others can be good and which is true but then she actively works against Jack Nicholson, who is bringing everyone out of their shell and making them happier and being more social. And she's actively against him. So it's like what you're saying and what you're doing are not matching up. Because <laughs> no. if you were actually a nurse, you would be encouraging Nicholson's what he's doing and helping these people kind of connect and, and be more social. So it's like, yeah, I think she's she's on this power trip and uh, she wants yeah, to be I, in charge. And I, I think you're right. I think she sees uh, McMurphy as a threat to power. Yeah. Like a threat to her control on things. Yeah, he's disrupting the system and, and everything. And uh, I, I think it is also it's punctuated by the, the what I thought was like a twist of like most people in there in there voluntarily. Um, yeah, that, that was an that interesting was a great, reveal. Yep. Great plot beat right there. That was like, oh, shit. Like that like adds a whole nother level to this. And I think it further emphasizes these people are trapped in there because Ratchet won't let them leave because they she won't let them feel better <laughs> She's yeah, she won't let them feel cycles. like they're healthy yeah yeah um can i'm gonna throw in a quick aside so i don't forget it 
Go but I I hate it when movies don't understand science. <laughs> like when they're giving electroshock therapy to Jack Nicholson and everyone in the room has their hands all over him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's not how it works. You're touching him. You you get conducted that electricity. If you hold hands with someone when they get electrocuted, so do you. We were in uh, physics class together, Perk. We know all about that. Yeah, so that, that stuff always gives me a chuckle because I'm like, oh, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Like it, And that scene was great acting from Nicholson, yeah. but it would it's not believable because everyone else would have been also on the floor, you know? Mm-hmm, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Get a yeah, little I, uh, science coordinator on set and don't have to deal with these things anymore. <laughs> now, this, this scene worked. This scene worked well enough. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite characters, which was uh, Cheswick. Um, I thought he was acted really well. And he, you kind of get the person he's kind of in this mindset of kind of childlike. Um, but he was also one of the more like people like vying for more kindness. Like, when yeah, when Ratchet's like pressuring Billy, I think, uh, to talk about the girl he wanted to uh, marry, and then like try to kill himself afterwards, just like, why are you pushing him? If he doesn't want to talk about it, like, don't make him talk about it. And he kind of has that. And he's like defense Harding earlier in the movie, and I, I just really enjoyed him and his relationship with with Mac. Um, I thought it was really sweet, and he was probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I, I felt that uh, like the relationships between. Mac and the rest of the uh, tenants, it, you know, at the start, it's almost gearing up as like, oh, he could be a negative presence. But I think through the film, he, he kind of is shown as like a positive influence on pretty much yeah. all of these people's mental state. Yeah. Maybe not Harding, but like everyone else like comes out better. I mean, most mm-hmm. most of them. I mean, Cheswick's a little more focused maybe a little more or a little less sensitive and Billy's more confident up, up to a point. I, I'm not sure if I'm overthinking it, but I feel like after he came out of the bedroom, mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't really stuttering as yeah, much. Yeah, he did and, stutter. Yeah. Cause he's until she started throwing threats. Yep. Yep. Which I yeah, got that t- too. Yeah. ties back into what you were saying about like, she doesn't want these guys better. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I caught that too. And I think that was intentional. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, with Chief, I, I saw that coming of him being able to hear, but I still liked it a lot. Uh, I, I like how they revealed it was really nice. I wasn't sure. I I, I was pretty sure he was going to throw that sink through the window. Oh, yep, yep. And that is a fantastic payoff when it happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think I saw it coming that he was going to be, like, secretly, he can talk and, and mm-hmm. you know, hear just fine and everything. Yeah. But I, I like the relationship a lot. That was, that was really yeah, nice. Yeah, I do and too. Like, and, yeah. you know, there's a little, when he's, when Mac comes in, he's bouncing off the walls doing like hooting and hollering. It's yeah, a little yeah, yeah. out yeah. of pocket. But I feel like from a representation standpoint, you know, it's not awful. I, it, he's not the butt of jokes because mm-hmm. he's native, you know? Yeah. At least for the most part. They, I mean, they call him chief, but... Yeah, I I suppose that's that's pretty toothless in comparison been, to what it could have been. You yeah, know? So yeah, yeah. As soon as soon as he came in, was doing like the the holler and stuff. Like, oh man, I wrote down my notes. Like, can't wait to see how this <laughs> Indian character gets treated. This Native American character gets treated. The and then it was like, fine, like a person, you know. Yeah. Not, yeah. 
So like Harding got got it worse with a lot of the, like the the gay jokes and stuff. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. No. I really I really like Chief and I my my favorite part is when they're playing basketball and he's just like you know walk. I like how he walks down the court. He kind yeah. of struts and then like does the thing. Um. That was that was great. But yeah, I I feel like I. I guess he could hear when um Mac was first trying to teach him like how to like lift the ball up yeah. above his head, and I'm like. Even if he was actually deaf, he would understand this faster. I feel like he's intentionally mm-hmm. not understanding it slower, but it didn't seem realistic to me. Which is pretty clever if that much, was but... intentional. Yeah. But, like, you understand why Chief likes Mac because, like, Mac's probably the only people who actually treats him like an actual person. Yeah, and honestly. That's kind of know? said for everybody in this movie to some extent. And it, it might be that Mac sees value in him for just being giant. And, I mean, it's mm-hmm. literally used, but, I mean, it... It's pretty clear when you look at some of the other background extras, it's like nobody interacts with these guys. So probably yeah. no one ever even talked to Chief because they thought he was, you know, deaf and dumb. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, Max out here like interacting with him, even if he thinks he can't hear or talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like even. Yeah. Because when he's first teaching him, trying to teach him, like, him to dunk, like there's no malicious intent there. He's not trying to get something out of Chief. He's just bored, I think. Like later he has chief help him over the fence right but in that first scene he's just like i just want to see you dunk because you're huge man <laughs> like I wanna, yeah. you know um yeah I, I also just thought of another example of the maliciousness of the nurses when the first time mac uh gets called for medication he's like i'll take it but like tell me what it is and they're like oh no it's good for you just take it it's like that just can't I mean, that's another thing for me i'm like why would you not tell them what medication they're taking and it's for control like they want control over these people and it's just you know um have you seen the queen's gambit yes yeah it kind of reminds me of that because they're in the same boat where they're getting handed like mysterious pills and -hmm. the pills just end up being tranquilizers you know like just hallucinogenics so it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty obvious like they're they're drugging these guys to, to keep them down even you know yeah yeah like they're probably probably at the time they're thinking like this is a good remedy just giving them what's probably tranquilizers, but mm-hmm. it's just a bandaid on a larger issue. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, before I want to get some shout outs to other cast members before that, I, I just got to say big yikes on the, the rape talk uh, of when he's in the off max in the office and they're talking about why he got arrested in the first place, uh, which is for statutory rape. Oh yeah. Big yikes on that whole conversation. And it's like, because Mac isn't like a, he's one of the better people in this movie because he cares about people. He's, he's not a good guy though. Like, <laughs> no, was, I, I think that's a, a good scene to portray that. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I also want to give shout outs of Christopher Lloyd looks so young. In yeah, this movie is shocking. Both him and Danny DeVito. I'm like, nah. I didn't recognize DeVito, dude. I did not recognize DeVito. There's no the way the these guys ever had like hair or yeah like dark muscles like christopher lloyd is unrecognizable and i think he's really good i Mm -hmm. i don't really understand what affliction he's dealing with maybe anger management or something but i mean he was he was non-voluntary um yeah he was actually committed yeah maybe Um, i don't know assault or something who knows i feel like some some of these guys were like a little reductive but i feel like some of the guys in in there were just like uh crazy as a diagnosis. 
Right. But that could be part of the point, you know? I think, again, that's kind of a of-the-time thing, yeah. right? Back then, maybe there's like, hey, if you're off the normal by a small amount, we're just throwing you in the loony bin kind of a thing. Right. Um, and, yeah, that's a hard thing to, like, I don't know if the portrayals of people in a mental institution at this point is that if that's, like, uh, out of pocket, you know, or, like, offensive or, you know what I mean? Like, because I feel like there are probably people that act like that, but also is, it, is this just, like, portraying mental illness in a way that's not helpful, you know? Well, um, I, I don't know. Well, I think it would be different if it's, like, a current-day depiction of sure. a mental ward, you know, whereas... yeah. Like, if you look at something like this, like, this is stuff that probably happened where someone just got in a couple bar fights and ended up in a mental ward, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I doubt anybody would watch this movie in 2023 and be like, oh, yeah, that's how people still act in right. <laughs> mental institutions. It's like, perhaps Through not. it all, we're thinking like, oh, wow, mental institutions were messed up in the 60s, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? Exactly. Mental institutions might be still messed up. But possibly. They're Hopefully not depicted, not, and I, probably for a good reason. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one last thing on the casting, Harding was giving me Paul Dano vibes, like older Paul Dano vibes. Maybe. I feel like uh, Paul Paul Dano kind of ends up being a little more erratic. That's true. In, in a lot of roles, but um, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Mm -hmm. But he was one of the more interesting characters to me too, because he was like legitimately intelligent. Yeah. Um. And they never really fully explained like what was going on with him, but like he seemed pretty normal. He just seemed to be having some sort of issues with his wife for whatever reason. Um, I mean, it very well could have been. I mean, they they poke fun at him being gay. It could have been that mm -hmm. you know he checked possible, himself yeah. in because he was having gay thoughts and thought, "Uh oh, I better go to the mental ward. My brain's broke." Yeah, yeah. But I do think that that when they before they get in the fight, what he was saying was really interesting. He's like, "It's not just." The relationship with my wife, it's relationship with everybody I I meet, you know, like it's relationship with people and like how what sure. we talk about. And I wonder if it's like an ego thing where he thinks he's smarter than everyone else, which Ratchet kind of implies possibly. Very possible. Um, but it was interesting to have the, him be thrown into the mix, right? Of all this is like cast characters. Um, so yeah. um, I had a question I'd like to pose to you. Go for it. Why didn't they leave? <laughs> I so right before that before he falls asleep there's that really long shot on Nicholson where he's just kind of sitting there and looking around yeah I, I liked that shot I liked it I, too but I'm like what is you can kind of tell what's here? going through his mind but without like I, I didn't understand what was going through his mind yeah. but you can see on his face like ponderance he's thinking about something I I'm gonna chalk it up as he realized he didn't want to leave these people you know, he didn't want to leave these kind of new friends he made or for whatever reason. Um, yeah, because I don't think it's as simple as he passed out drunk. I don't think it's that simple. No, because also right before he leaves, he kind of sees Billy looking a little erratic or has something on his mind. He goes to talk to Billy and he doesn't have to set Billy up with candy, but no. he chooses to. I think that was maybe an excuse to stay as well. I think. Yeah, he wanted to leave, but also he really liked his family. He maybe he thought that if he left it would get worse for them um i don't know i i think there's a lot of explanations and you know i think it's, i think it was kind of intentionally vague of you know why he decided to say 
Yeah, I, I think it's certainly open to interpretation, which uh, is is awesome because you really can just kind of pick away at it and think, oh yeah, maybe he sees himself as like their shepherd, and if he's gone, who will lead the sheep? Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. Right. I have a question for you, actually. Okay. That uh, scene I didn't understand, which was when um, Mac was talking to Chief about leaving, and Chief was talking about his dad, and was saying how like, and maybe it was just the wording they were using. It, it was like of the time but it was like you said like his dad was big so people worked on him and how they're working on you mac and i was like what does he mean by working on him like people are taking advantage of his dad because he was so big and then that led him to drinking and i, I didn't really understand what he was trying to say with that yeah I'm, I'm not too sure entirely as well like de- denotation wise i because you get you get the right feeling. You get the sense out of that yeah. scene, even if you know you're not exactly sure. I I think he's just kind of talking about you know people are kind of chipping away at him the way that they're trying to chip away at Mac, mm. and it could be like his his big figure and and big stature makes him an easy target. Um, mm. Whereas you know like Mac is the the big man on campus, right? So he's the obvious mm-hmm. target as well, and. Mm. You know, I if you know if his dad was in a leadership position, obviously they, a lot of people would have reason to kind of chip at him at that. But, yeah. yeah, and then yeah, it's pretty clear he you know turned to the bottle and yeah drank himself to death essentially. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I really liked that scene as well. I I really I loved too, all the yeah. all the interactions between uh, Chief and Mac, mm-hmm. especially I I know you didn't get the the happy. Or not happy, but hopeful mm-hmm. sense out of the ending like you'd hoped. Mm-hmm. I love the ending. Yeah. I think the ending is absolutely perfect. Yeah, it's um, really sad, man. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's very sad. But I think mm-hmm. when, you know, when Mac made his choice to not leave for whatever reason yeah. it was. Yeah. I think he, he essentially made the choice, I'm going to be here forever. It, subconsciously even and then they you know lobotomize him to the point where yeah he's here forever now and i absolutely love the line you're coming with me yeah you know and then he puts him out of his misery yeah i i i that scene was so powerful to me and when he throws the the sink through the window is just such a euphoric um what do you call it emotional Payoff. Like climax, yeah. I'm lacking the word, but yeah. Pay- payoff is, yeah, I understand, yeah. Yeah, it's the payoff. Um, it just, you let it all out and, and it it feels freeing when he throws it through that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. we've been trapped here this whole time with all these guys too. Yeah. And uh, to see Chief run off into, I think a beautiful way that they uh, pull it around too is when the movie opens on such a beautiful landscape just mm-hmm. open and free in like the sunrise. And then it closes with chief running off into a beautiful landscape. Yeah. And then everything in between is in a cage. You know, I, I really like that juxtaposition. Yeah. And I mean, everything except for the fishing scene, which oh, yeah, I think yeah. was so well done. Like, I, I don't know. I, I love I, that I, scene I, so much. I, I loved it. Cause it was like, it felt cause they were on a boat and like, it felt real. Like, not to say they don't still film on boats, but like it just felt way more authentic than you than you would see these days. Like I feel like in modern day they would just film that on a green screen or something. Mm-hmm. But I just 
you, you were there, they were rocking around like they were doing. It was just, yeah, I love that scene. I think it was super fun. And when he goes around naming everyone, you know, Dr. Martini. And oh, yeah, that's great. Dr. Tabor and then uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Harding. Harding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is just, this is a really good movie. Um, I just, I want to be more hopeful, but I think it, it does what it was trying to do. I think yeah. I actually even appreciate it more after we've picked across it, you know? I, mm-hmm. I feel like kind of mm-hmm. digging into it a little bit adds some appreciation. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, that is our review of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Do you have any recommendations? I would do Girl Interrupted. Um, Girl Interrupted is the obvious comparison, even though they're very different movies. Well, it's funny, um, though. It's like Angelina Jolie and Mac are like kind of two sides of the same coin. They're comparable, they're, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know that they suffer from the same... Um, affliction because I think Mac is not a sociopath you know like right. he it's, has it's, these I would say Mac is more like the positive yeah because he, he has all these connections that feel very real and yeah. Angelina Jolie has the sociopath like none of these connections mean anything you know right. like I am nothing to all these like all these other people are nothing to me and I'll throw them out if I need to kind of a thing yeah yeah, it's a very interesting juxtaposition. And both performances are fantastic. So, Agreed, yeah. There we go. All right, well, before we reveal our watching next week, it is time for our bonus reviews. Perk, start us off. All right, I got a plethora. Um, we'll start with... Uh, I, I can do a couple quickly. So yeah, give, me, give me a couple. First off, uh, I got the... I went to visit the folks in Florida... Mm-hmm. Uh, and my brother and his girlfriend were there, and we got everyone around and watched everything everywhere all at once, so which good. I had been meaning to rewatch before the Oscars anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I still really love that that movie. I, mm-hmm. Everything about it just hits so perfectly. Um, they thought it was good, uh, which, like, it's, I don't know. It's always tough to show people something you love and have them say, yeah, yeah. that was really good. And, yeah, you know, like, no, you're... You've, you're confused. <laughs> That's like the best thing ever. But I, I um, do, I do feel like that movie though is not for everyone. Like it no, is, it's made for me. You know, like it's, it's, it's made for like on, younger people who are like on the internet yeah, all the time. You know, and people who are uh, a little tired of of the superhero genre, um, but you know, loving the indie stuff. It's a good blend mm-hmm. of both. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I love it. Still love it. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll just touch in uh, on an update. I am now eight episodes through Velma. Okay. Out of, out of ten for the season. It's not terrible. Okay. Has it gotten better? Uh, no. But, <laughs> okay. Okay. So you remember how I said after the first couple, I, I like the story. Mm-hmm. I, still, I still find the story intriguing. Okay. Um, some of it has paid off in like not awesome ways, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's far too small of a story to be stretched this far. Sure. Um, but I, I think the the plot on its own is is not bad. Like it's okay. it's Scooby Doo, so it's going to be like you know murder mystery at the base of it, and the murder mystery is kind of interesting. Um, the problem, it's not funny. Not at all. Uh, I so <laughs> through eight half-hour episodes, I've I've unearthed one chuckle, um, <laughs> and it, it was actually kind of funny because so mm-hmm. Fred, 
is like the spoiled rich kid, and his whole personality is the spoiled rich kid. Right. And at one point, he just asks Daphne to the dance. And so he walks up to her at, at the tables outside the school and just starts throwing like wads of cash at her like go to the dance with me <laughs> just throwing bundles of cash it's, yeah I, I had a good chuckle that one was funny mm-hmm. um but is but that yeah, the, the meta-ness still out of control yes it is i actually i'm gonna send you a clip because i mm-hmm. i rewound it to to record it on my phone to send it to you because <laughs> yeah i don't watch the show it's not mm-hmm. good but it and the clip i'm gonna send you is indicative it's literally just a whole scene where characters just talk about a, a device that's used in shows and then the device happens and then after that next scene you cut back to the same characters and they're still talking about that as like a device and it's just yeah uh the the meta sucks the meta stuff sucks the comedy's not good uh the characters not great um fairly one-dimensional for the most part the voice acting is good all right it Mm -hmm. it just is Mm -hmm. good they've got a good cast of voice actors yeah animation is fine it's it's not as basic as I, I led on at the start, but I would still group it in with the low effort group. Um, but yeah, after it all, like it's got an okay backbone because the the story is kind of intriguing, mm-hmm. but it's just not funny like at all. That's just yeah. just the trouble, you know. I heard one uh, person talk about it and say that it, it feels like the writers hate TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of the times they're breaking down these tropes, and it's like you're poking fun at this trope, but then you use the trope mm-hmm. as like a, a satire on like TV bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I, if you I hate TV, why are you writing TV? Like, <laughs> no, and and I've definitely boiled it down. This is absolutely this show is all about rage baiting. It's mm. it's an experiment. It's a science experiment on what can we do with baiting rage from everyone because they have there's tons of stuff in here that would piss off conservatives and there's tons of stuff in here that pisses off liberals well i think the experiment failed because yeah the first episode insane right ever since i've not heard a peep about the show no one has talked about it. i think everyone stopped watching it i'm I'm sure the numbers were great at at the start for that reason and then just Um, plummeted but yeah basically like the structure of the show with race swapping characters and you know gay interracial marriages and all that stuff is really only serves to piss off conservatives right but then all the jokes are like at the expense of of liberals so right the it, uh, it's just such it's such a weird show it's just a <laughs> it's a conundrum um and i, I hope they stop doing shit like this because we, we don't need any more rage baiting yeah it's definitely. tiring definitely um I will start off with some rewatches. So, I rewatched Loki, Ant Man, and Ant Man Two in preparation for Ant Man Three coming out in a couple weeks, and uh, they're all good. You know, Loki is incredible. It's the best Marvel show. Highly recommend to like anybody. Honestly, Perk, I think you should watch it. It's a good time. Um, Tom Hiddleston is just so fun to watch, and the the story is really. Uh, interesting and his chemistry with owen wilson is just i could watch it all day i watched a, a show of just tom hiddleston and owen wilson talking for hours uh it's great um ant-man one i've always liked ant-man one but it's just such a solid movie have you seen ant-man one perk i have i quite like the ant-man one it's great it's just like it doesn't do anything crazy it's just a solid movie with a lot of great comedy like michael pena is the best part 
Um, it, no, it just it has all the trappings. It's it's you know your standard intro superhero movie, but it's got like it's funny. It's mm-hmm. got Michael Pena. It's got Paul Rudd. Like the 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 charm of the characters is off the charts because you just mm-hmm. got the right guys for it. You know. Yeah, and the action is more creative than usual because you're dealing with the shrinking and stuff. Like super solid. And then Ant Man Two is not as bad as people say it is. Like it is a really really funny movie. Like it's. It was made as a comedy, and it, and it succeeds at that. Um, the villain is whatever, but her powers are really cool to look at. She can, like, phase through stuff. And, like, the way they show that with visual effects is really cool. Um, but it's just hilarious. Like, I, I just had a great time watching it. So, um, yeah. yeah. Ant-Man 2 uh, is one of the most visceral negative reactions I've had to a movie. <laughs> I absolutely cannot stand Ant-Man 2. And it's... It's because I took intro to quantum physics. Oh, okay. That makes and sense. the way that they flippantly just chuck quantum <laughs> out there as if it's some sort of adjective. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just pisses me off, man. They're like, cause, and it's, you know that thing where I'm like, is it bad writing for Deadpool to call out bad writing? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it doesn't excuse bad writing. There's a scene where, I think it's Lawrence Fishburne and uh, uh, Evangeline Lilly. Mm-hmm. They're having a nonsense, garble, science word conversation. Yeah, yeah. And Paul Rudd's like, "Is that all just gibberish?" I, yes. I think. I think. I yes, think he Scott, says, it is gibberish. No, I think he says, uh, "Do you just put the word quantum in front of everything?" <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly the case. They call their shrinking device a quantum tunnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, sorry. As someone who's <laughs> vaguely in science, that movie just pisses me off. Oh man, I, I I get it. I don't care. You know, this is a different. This is a movie. It's a different world. They can do whatever they want to do. I'm just there to see Paul Rudd act like Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Pena be hilarious. You know, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I had a great time with it. But yeah, I'm very ready for Ant Man three. I'm very mostly except for Jonathan Majors. I think he's gonna kill it. Um, he's great for sure. His his performance in Loki is like really awesome and he's playing a different version of that character in ant-man 3 so uh i i i'm misremembering but i think i saw jonathan major's quote where he's like well yeah the first two ant-man sucked but now i'm in this one so it's gonna be good (laughs) that's that's reductive of what he actually said but it was something funny like that yeah uh what's your next one uh i started the new apple tv plus show shrinking I want to watch that. I'm going to wait for it to I think finish you and then check it out. As the resident therapy man, mm-hmm. I think it's it started off really well. Um, it's interesting. It's uh, very funny because mm-hmm. Jason Siegel is fantastic. And his dynamic with Harrison Ford is great. Yeah. Um, it pl- plucks at the heartstrings uh, and has some you know, a lot darker moments. So it, it's not mm-hmm. a one note show by any means. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the third episode, they're delving into some could be uncomfy stuff, which I don't like, mm. <laughs> but, okay. uh, you know, you just have to cross your fingers and hope that they don't go down the path that they're teasing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it is, it is the same writers as Ted Lasso. Um, who also do very funny comedy and, heartstrings as well exactly so. exactly yeah no I, I really want to watch it because 
yeah, he works at like a CBT facility, which is what I, my therapist is, we do CBT. Um, is that so, like a drug? <laughs> a CBD perk. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. Um, and so I'm curious, cause I, I watched the trailer, so I know kind of what the premise is. I'm curious to see like how they um, rectify CBT, but also with Jaden Seagull just being like, just telling his patients what to do, um, which you're very much not supposed to. Um so yeah, no, I, I probably I probably watch it all once once it finishes. Um, I uh, I kind of like that it's in a uh, weekly episodic format. I don't know because I don't watch much TV TV anymore, so it's it's kind of nice to have something to throw back to like oh new episodes out. Type I mean, don't get me wrong, I would. I still have Apple TV. My friend does. Or yeah, she's gonna right. she's gonna get it again when Ted Lasso comes back. It's a whole thing. We're figuring it out. If I had Apple TV, I'd watch it every week. But fair enough. I got Last of Us right now. You know that's filling that definitely. Um, next rewatch I have is, I don't know, I was in a weird mood a couple weeks ago, Perk, you know, I needed something fun, something light to throw on, so I rewatched, uh, season one of New Girl, which okay. I know you, you hate, uh, Zoe Deschanel with your entire being. It's um, like fine, I just, yeah, <laughs> I can't stand her character in that show. I love it, I think the show is so great and so fun, um, I think the best comment I give it is that, like, every character, or every episode, my favorite character changes, um which is really impressive um especially i mean shout out to schmidt schmidt is just so freaking funny um and he's so many great bits but um i don't know if i'll keep doing the rewatch but um i had a great time with it i I will say i think the first half of season one is way stronger than the second half second half there's a lot of weird stuff that happens and it's just not as funny um but uh yeah it's it's a great show and i would definitely recommend it to people it's one of the better like sitcoms out there i think Fair enough. In that kind of genre. Um, yeah. I uh, okay. So my next few, I am chugging away on the the Oscar train, trying okay. to cut down, it. you know, knock off every category that I possibly can mm-hmm. uh, before the big day. Uh, so the first movie I watched was Elvis. Okay. Um, which I was especially incensed to watch because Austin Butler won the Golden Globe for Best mm-hmm. Actor mm-hmm. for his portrayal of Elvis. And he is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best part of the movie. Um, I didn't witness Elvis. I wasn't around for that. Yeah. It was a little before my time, a smidge. Um, but I like from what I saw, it was a fairly faithful portrayal. Mm-hmm. Um the movie itself, I think, is uh, too long. Um, it is fairly; it feels fairly standard biopic fare, mm. uh, with a little bit of Baz Luhrmann flair because he does flair and stuff like that. I, yeah, the his, Elvis's performances are almost like action set pieces, and I really mm. like that. That's cool. Um, and I, I think the the story is just a little drawn out and. The, the main character, the POV narrator character, is Tom Hanks playing, uh, what, Colonel Tom Parker or something, mm-hmm. uh, who was, you know, mooching off of Elvis and, and scamming him and also helped bring him up. And it's kind of a, I don't know, flawed character, but I couldn't get over Tom Hanks and the accent he's yeah. doing. 
Yeah. Um, if it looked bad in the trailer, I was like, I don't know about this Tom Hanks. <laughs> do you know the the Adam Sandler voice? No. What do you mean? Like, if you've seen like Billy Madison or Adam Sandler, he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like that Adam Sandler voice. That's mm-hmm. what it struck me as the whole time. <laughs> and it's like, it's yeah, supposed it's... to be like a Dutch accent, but it mm-hmm. just sounds like Tom Hanks doing a goofy Adam Sandler voice. And I mm-hmm. couldn't get past it. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Hanks is good because he's, he's never bad. Um, but overall, the, the movie, maybe it's because I don't have an emotional connection to Elvis, but it didn't really do it for me. Okay. Um, I think Austin Butler is fantastic and deserving of acclaim. Um, and and yeah, I, as for the rest of the movie, it was fine. Okay, because it's it's over three hours, right? No, not quite. I think it's like two forty. Oh, okay, it's still still very long. Still still too long. I I don't know. It's tough because I'm not sure how much you could shorten. Because if you were to shorten, you'd be cutting down on like the the performance scenes, which are some of the best parts. So right, I, right, right. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'll still end up watching it. It's not like high on my priority list, you know, but I probably I think I still want to see it at some point. Um, okay, I next one I'll do is RRR. Yeah. Uh, finally finally watch it and shout out to my friend Lissa who recommended me watch it. Um not shout I, out to your friend Perk who recommended you watch it. You know, well she's like, let's watch this on Friday. I'm like, you know what? Yes, good excuse, because I it's the thing of like I want to watch it, but I'm like it's three hours, you know. And yeah, it's, like, it's just tough to motivate yourself. Yeah, to, but she's yeah, like we're doing it, and I'm forever. like I'm down. Um, so we watched it, and goddamn, what a fucking fun time! This I movie know, is, right? Man, it is so fun. Like I I cannot stress that enough. Like the action scenes are just absolutely hysterical and incredible. Um, I it's hard to pick a favorite. I think. The dance battle's up there, but for me, I think it's the and not without spoiling if people haven't seen it, but I'll just say the the prison break scene, um, the action choreography in the prison break scene just absolutely killed me. Um, I yeah, God, I loved it. Um, it. Like literally, yeah, like every every action set piece is like so dynamic and unique, and I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, know? it's oh God, it's so fun. I. I will say I do think it's a little bit too long. I think they could edit it down a little bit in some of the non-action scene parts. Yeah, um, I, I think the the movie drags when they have a. It's it feels like it's like a forty-minute-long flashback after what you thought might have been the climax of the movie. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a great you know, bromance and just fun stuff. Um, one weird thing I felt like cause I was watching the Hindi dub on Netflix. But it felt like the English actors were also eighty yard. I thought I thought that as well. I wasn't sure, but that was that a was, weird one. It was weird. I, I I don't know. I'm sure there's some technical. They probably were for some weird reason. Of maybe they were like a rights in, issue. Well, I wonder if like when we aired in uh, India, they were like dubbed in Hindi or something, and they had to redub. It. I don't know. I don't know what's Not going sure. on with it. If it just felt a little off. Um, but yeah, it was just so fun. I do have to ask you, Perk. Who who was your favorite lead? Was it was it Beam or was it Raju? Who was your guy? It was. Uh, I, it's so hard. They're both fantastic, <laughs> but I think uh, I think Raju. I, I think See, I'm, been. I'm a Beam boy. Team Beam. Oh, I'm, I'm Team Beam because he's also got the healing abilities. You know, he's not just he's not all offense. He's got some <laughs> some support capabilities as well. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> 
but yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. It was yeah, it's so fun. Such yeah, such just a good time, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I think I will rewatch it again at some point. Just just at for... some point, it'll it'll probably be a while, but it's certainly yeah. worth worth rechecking into. I, one last thing I will say to you: I, I I almost cried during the um, whipping scene when he oh, was it's, it's so powerful and singing emotional. the song. I was like, God damn! Like this is fucking fantastic. But anyway, yeah, great movie. What else? Oh you yeah, me again. Um, so th- this is a funny one because I had not heard of it before it got nominated, um, and I was like, Where can I watch this? And of course not streaming on any services, but mm-hmm. I, I thought, I feel like Delta might have me on this one. And <laughs> Delta had me on this one. So mm-hmm. I watched Two Leslie. Two Leslie, which, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, so no one had heard of it until Andrea Riseborough got nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I will describe to you this movie in form of metaphor. Okay. So there's this this beautiful, perfectly handcrafted ice cream sundae, and it's sitting right in front of you. It's okay. like the the most beautiful ice cream sundae you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But in order to have it, you have to get punched in the face for an hour. <laughs> and and that that's just pretty much a one to one. This it, so the movie the premise is that Andrea Riseborough won the lottery six years ago, drank it away into homelessness Mm. and now is like bouncing around, you know, stays with her son for a little bit, but steals money from him and his roommates to buy booze. Mm. And she's going out to bars, like almost throwing herself at strangers Mm. to try and just, you know, get someone to take her home. Yeah. Um, It, so I've described to you before, April goes West. Ingrid Goes West? Ingrid Goes West, thank you. Mm-hmm. April Ludgate, not whatever. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, it's a Freudian slip. Um, Ingrid Goes West, which is the most uncomfortable movie I've ever seen to the point where I had to look away. Mm-hmm. This is the second movie now where I've had to look away from scenes. Mm-hmm. It's when she's mm-hmm. like, you know, drunk and desperately throwing herself at random yeah. men in a bar and it's just so uncomfortable I just I couldn't watch. Yeah. Um, and it's like this for the fir- full first half of the movie is just mm-hmm. her, you know, down in the dumps, literally in some scenarios and just, oh boy. And then she runs into an encounter with a motel manager played by Mark Marin. Mark Marin? I think that's right. I don't know. He's a podcast guy. He's great. Um, and then you things kind of turn from there. Um Andrea Riseborough is is amazing in this movie. Mm. She mm. absolutely disappears. Um, the nomination is so 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 well deserved, and I worry mm. people aren't going to give her a shot because she was an unlikely pick, and people's favorites didn't get in, so they're going to hold that as a grudge. Um, but oh, she's so good in this movie, mm. and the supporting cast is also really good. The nerd guy from Dodgeball is good. Okay, um, that's I mean, that's looking, all I know him as. I'm looking at uh, Allison Janney. Allison Janney is actually just a tremendous actress in everything she does. Oh yeah, she, she's incredible. She shines in this movie as well with a bit of a smaller role. Um, but it it is the 
Andrea Riseborough show and she she commands your attention. She really holds the screen. Um, I I would not recommend anyone watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> but if you really are interested to go see one of the best performances of the year and you're willing to sit through an hour of pain and suffering, I, it's worth it. The yeah. end payoff, the, the, the it has that thing you were looking for in one Sunday is cuckoo's nest. Yes, yeah. Sunday's fantastic. The mm-hmm. the closure the film gets is such a release, such an emotional release. So catharsis. I was looking for that word earlier, and mm-hmm. now I found mm-hmm. it here. Yeah. It's a great catharsis at the end of the movie. Um, but but yeah. So I I watched two Leslie so that y'all don't have to. <laughs> I was just checking on the director, Michael Morris. This is his first movie. Is it really? He's on a ton of TV, but okay. uh, this is his first uh, movie, which is pretty impressive. Awesome. Yeah. All right. My last my last one perk. Mm-hmm. I finally finished my morning wake-up show that I've been watching recently, All right. uh, which is an anime called Restaurant to Another World. Now, I had watched season one back in, I don't know, 2018 or something when it came out uh, and really liked it. And then season two came out last year. I was like, oh, I got to watch that. But I was saving it for, for this purpose. So I finally got through season one and season two, rewatched season one and then season two. I just love this show. Um, the premise is there's a, a restaurant in Japan that this guy runs. And every Sunday, uh, the front door opens to a fantasy world. And oh, these cool. fantasy characters will come in and just like have food, you know, and it's an isekai, which is normally a genre that I hate, <laughs> which is uh, basically where um, a normal person gets thrown into a fantasy world or some other world. And then they have like they're overpowered immediately. And I just I'm not a fan. But sure. and this is a kind of a twist in the genre where the fantasy characters come into world our world. Is thrown at them. Yeah, OK. Yeah. And it's not even like a, it's not really a fish out of water thing. And they just come into a restaurant and they're like, oh, what is this? Like, oh, it's a restaurant. Oh, OK. And then they find their favorite food and then they eat that every time they come. And, like, it's just great and really wholesome. And it's, like, the perfect morning, like, wake-up show. Because it's just calming, relaxing, wholesome. You get uh, two new characters in episode um, coming in and being like, oh, yeah, what's this? And they eat different foods. Um, you get to see some food porn, you know. Cause food looks really good. And, uh, yeah, I just really liked it. And I, I, I thought I was worried about season two not being as good as season one. But I think it was actually way better because they brought – they included characters we had met before in a lot of the storylines um because like before you meet a character in episode three or whatever and then you see him in the background for the rest of the season but they don't actually they don't do anything whereas season two it's like you get a new character and then you have an existing character you already met have a kind of a new storyline um so yeah it was just it's just really great and if you know people are looking for a nice calming show i'd I highly recommend it hell yeah yeah i gotta find a new morning show to watch i haven't i haven't decided yet but It'll be another anime. <laughs> yeah, good call. Yeah, usually pretty light and easily watchable. Mm-hmm. And you know, I gotta, I gotta look at the screen to read the subtitles, which helps me stay awake. Which is a nice actually bonus. that that is a good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some stuff on YouTube that I like to watch, but like would be terrible to wake up with. <laughs> Just send <laughs> yes. me right back to sleep. Exactly. Exactly. All right, what do you have left in the tank? I got one more. One more. And this one's a banger. And mm-hmm. I was. Not ready for it to be such a banger, but I I went and uh, used the time saved from uh, skipping out on last week's show 
mm-hmm. to have a little movie Tuesday, and I went out and saw I saw women talking. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I I knew the premise, but I like overall I was coming in pretty blind. Oh my goodness, it is so good. Yeah. Uh, nominated for best picture, which is why I went out and saw it. But like, I, I'm worried people are gonna miss this one. This mm-hmm. one, you like. People should go see. Uh, it's so the premise is, it's a, uh, it takes place in the Mennonite colony, although not Mennonite by name. It's pretty much Mennonite, mm-hmm. um, and it follows this community where, for you know generations, the women have been getting attacked uh, in their sleep, and uh, they're being told that they're being assaulted by you know ghosts. Mm. Um, or demons mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. At, you know so yeah. the the lead up action is that two young girls catch one of the boys in in the attack mm-hmm. and they learn that you know they're being uh, sedated with I think horse tranquilizers mm-hmm. uh, and then you know these men and I boys are having their way with the tranquilized women yeah um, and some of the perpetrators get caught and they're called out by name or cause they see the boy and then he calls out some others by name. So they go to, to jail in the city and all of the men in the colony uh, have to leave to go bail them out. And so while all the men are gone, the women get together and talk about course of action. Mm-hmm. And their, their three options are stay and do nothing, stay and fight or leave. And it, it goes over the whole movie. It, it, it's just discussion, you know, and mm. it's three generations worth. There are the two little girls who caught one of the boys in the act. Uh, there are three young women um, and then two older matriarchs mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, it follows. They're selected. It, it ends up that there's a tie in the vote. And so they select three families to hash it out between the options mm. and one of the families drops out uh, immediately with a cameo from Francis McDormand who produced the mm. movie. Mm. And so it's two, uh, two families, mother, grandmother, daughter, and, and, you know, sisters and, and they hash it out and they discuss and it feels like almost like a 12 angry men type, you know, we, we all have to eventually come together, get on the same page mm. And the way they do it, it through these discussions and oh man, it's it's so powerful and it's gripping and it's impossible to look away and it's just mm. women talking in a barn. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people will just see what's a pretty lame title and be like, oh, I don't want to watch women talking in a barn, but you should. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's very good. I think uh, it's it's beautiful looking, although I, I don't love the colors are very muted. Mm. stylistically I, I get it but mm-hmm. it, it felt like it wanted to be black and white but without actually going for it mm, sure and I, I other than that like it's it's the shots are gorgeous very powerful there are a lot of intercut quick snapshots to the women um immediately after being assaulted and mm. there's some some stunning and chilling imagery mm. and uh I, I don't know. This this movie feels so well put together. Um and yeah, it's it's I think just under two hours, but 
it feels like a lot less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, all, all the acting is phenomenal. I So this movie got nominated for Best Picture and not much else. And I'm, I'm a little put off by that because so not to hate, because obviously I love everything everywhere, but I, I don't think everything everywhere needed to have two best supporting actresses. If a mm. movie like this can't have any, sure. Because, uh, like Claire Foy and um, I'm blanking. Rooney Mara mm. and uh, and Jesse Buckley are all outstanding, mm-hmm. and I think all worthy of of major acclaim. Especially Rooney Mara is so powerful as like a dreamer type, yeah. um, and I, I just. So much of this movie is foundationally on the acting, and I think it's kind of a shame that none of the acting ended up getting hmm. recognized. Yeah, yeah. What um, what time period does it take place? Because I'm pretty sure it's based on a true story. 2010. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard I've heard the director talk about it in roundtables uh, and Claire Foy as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's hard to tell because it's such an isolated community. But at one right. point, a truck comes through town with. Uh, with like bullhorns saying come out of your houses to be counted for the 2010 census mm. and yeah gotcha. I, it's based on a book I don't know if it's based on a real story I'm pretty sure it's a novel I wouldn't be surprised if it's based in truth mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I remember the director saying that but I might be misremembering it might have just been a book but yeah no I'm uh, yeah I'm glad to hear that it was you liked it that much because um, yeah that was one that that's another movie where it's like I should watch this, but also it's going to be emotionally draining. But from what you talk about, yeah. it doesn't sound like it's going to be as bad as I'm thinking. I mean, um, there's there there's some heavy stuff, and it's a very heavy subject matter. But there's levity, there's there's humor. Um, they they touch on some important subjects. There's trans representation, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's a valuable movie, and it it's not as draining as like. One flew over the cuckoo's nest because there's hope, you know. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there's not. Yeah, they're really they're much trying. Hope. Like the whole point is they're trying to find a solution, right? So yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Glad to hear it. That's awesome. What do you have uh, left on your your watch list for the Oscars? So I have a few left. Um, I have I've done seven out of ten of the best pictures. I got to watch Triangle of Sadness, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Tar. Um, and then, what's the deal with All Quiet on the Western Front? Is that like a remake or is that? I mean. Just another war movie. So it's a, a novel from like 1929. No, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, been yeah. adapted. I think this is the third or fourth time. Okay. Um, and yeah, this this adaptation is uh, German and it's in the German language, which I, I believe the story is told from the German perspective. So it's probably mm. a valuable way to consume the story. Gotcha. Um, okay. That makes sense. But yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to that one at all. Um, I like, I don't know. I just, I don't love the types of movies that always end up on these type of lists. Mm. Not that they're bad, but it's another war epic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And I'm sure it's going to be really good and I'm going to tell you it's really good, but yeah, it's so hard to motivate myself to watch another world war one, like movie, you know, and, uh, like, I, I still haven't seen 1917, even though everyone tells me it's the best thing ever, just because I just can't motivate myself to watch another war movie. That's fair. I will say 1917 doesn't feel 
like other war movies because sure. of the way the story itself and the way it's shot right it's, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a one um but the story is more it's two guys have to get from place to point a to point b i think that's yep. more engaging than to me in any way than like a typical kind of war story but um and then yeah so the two remaining actor other than the ones i mentioned the two remaining movies that i have to watch for an actor are blonde and black panther Mm-hmm. Um, and but then, they're just on Disney Plus, I think. Yeah, it's week. on it's on Disney Plus now, so it'll be easy to watch. Yeah. Um, and then there are a heap of others that I'm gonna maybe tune into that got like uh, peripheral nominations um, or like you know uh, cinematography stuff like that. So I might check mm-hmm. out. Um, I'm gonna try and get through all the animateds, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to try to get through some of the internationals. I've already got the one in EO. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think they're doing a theatrical run of the short films. So I might try and check that out. Okay. Too. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I mean, you got, I can find the time. Yeah, like five weeks, right? So you got time. Yeah, it's the it's, uh, start of March, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on Black Panther because I do think the acting is very, very solid in that movie. So and I've been Angela told. Bassett is. is is fantastic um well yeah there we go we did it that's another episode of the wrestling movie podcast you know I, I feel bad when we miss week but then when we come back it's it's usually double length we got the bonus news, right? so yeah, I, you know we, we make we up would for have it. been done a while ago yeah so uh i got to tell you about next week so next week we're doing another nicholson performance because we, we just had to uh, we're gonna do five easy pieces on hbo max another old one this is 1970 i believe uh, five easy pieces on HBO Max. Uh, so yeah, until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye.